Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. Like I always say, I'm here to ask the stupid questions. And Matt, he's the motorhoming, caravanning and camping expert. We're 96 episodes into this hugely popular podcast. Clearly the leading one in the industry. And frankly, one of the leading ones in the world. And it's all down to you. Thank you very much. So thank you. As a listener, you've got us there. So yeah, fantastic job. All down to you. Uh, Now, we always try and break down the barriers, explain for you and try and save you some money. It's all brought to you with that leisureshop.com, who are very proud to sponsor it and have been with us from the get-go. They have. Paid for it all. (laughs) (laughs) Let's delve into the news, shall we? Labour politicians, they do have a history of enjoying caravanning and motorhoming. And Angela (laughs) Rayner who's recently been reshuffled. Uh, she is uh, in her motorhome, I believe. She is. She's branded one Rainer on the road, and she's taken to the road in her motorhome on the campaign trail. But yeah, if you've seen it, keep an eye out for Angela Rayner and give her a wave if you're in your motorhome. The Conservatives tend not to take motorhomes out after that big bus that Boris stood in front of before the Brexit vote, but we're non-political. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Southwest Motorhome and Campervan show. It's this weekend. It is. Yeah, we're looking forward to that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you've not got your tickets yet, you can get a discount on them. Just use the code MOTORHOMEMAT at the checkout. You can get your tickets at outandaboutlive.co.uk forward slash shows and use the code MOTORHOMEMAT, save a few pounds. I'm there Friday speaking on Wi-Fi on the move. Uh, Some new technology has been launched into our industry, which I'll be talking about, uh, which is very exciting. And then on Saturday at 2.30, I'll be joined by the lovely John Gooch from Life Beyond Bricks. And we're talking about the future of electric motorhomes. So we have been busy collecting up your questions for that session and concerns uh, and comments. And if you've got one and you'd like to add one, uh, then we'll tell you instructions at the end of the podcast on how you could do that. But we would love to hear from you if you can't make it. If you are going, then do come along, say hello. I think it would be a really interesting discussion, which I'm hoping we can record and then bring to you on the podcast in the future. And if you're catching up on your podcast, this is the Shepton Mallet Show, 8th to 10th of September, 2023. Uh, If you're listening to it after that date, the show's over. But if it's before that place where you have to visit, uh, Matt, to get your uh, discounted tickets again? Yeah, go to outandaboutlive.co.uk forward slash shows. And the code you need is Motorhome Matt. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. And Matt has been on his travels to Dusseldorf. (laughs) Why did you go there then, Matt? Uh, We went to Caravan Salon, which is one of the biggest motorhome caravan camping industry events in the world, uh, certainly in Europe. It's huge. The halls are massive. I think there were 18 halls full of goodies to look at. We should have got sponsorship for the amount of steps that Maddie and I took going around the show. We were there for two days. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And you weren't being lazy. Not only were you visiting all the stands, you were doing some recording as well. Welcome to Caravan Salon here in Dusseldorf 2023. I was last here in 2015 where the focus on innovation seemed to be around electric drop-down beds and comfort on the move. This year seems very different with a big move toward adventure on the road. 
It seems there is currently an increased movement towards self-sufficiency and remaining connected whilst off-grid in your motorhome or campervan. This week we've also seen a record number of vehicles that can work independently of traditional sources of power. You've got these bling brands like Morello, Concorde, Niesman Bischoff, just stunning palaces on wheels. One thing I love about coming to a show like this is the opportunity to see the brands that we are familiar with in the UK, but to explore their entire range, which is way wider than we're used to seeing back home. Brands like Adria, Chausson, Deathlefts, Niesman Bischoff, Leica, just to name a few, are brands we're all familiar with, but their range is much wider than we get back in Britain. We also get to see brands that we've never heard of, brands like Carba, who are a Swedish company who build a rather the beautiful range of motorhomes and caravans. Some of the biggest queues at the show were unsurprisingly on the Heimer stand. People queuing for half an hour to get into the Venture S and of course Heimer's brand new product launch, the MLT, a fantastic looking motorhome that really embraces the desire for off-grid and off-road motorhoming and still for me, Heimer's traditional audience, not entirely sure how many of those they would sell but certainly Heimer are flexing their ability to be creative and innovative at this fantastic Fantastic show. One of the benchmark van conversions in the industry, in the UK and indeed across Europe, has always been the Adria Twin, and here it is being relaunched in the show on an MAN chassis, a first for the Twin and indeed a first for Adria. As an Adria Twin owner myself, I'm particularly interested to see exactly what they've done. Look out for a future episode where Adria were very kind to spend some time with us talking through this new range and indeed looking into their future they've got some 2025 models here as prototypes too it's the motorhome matt podcast with me keith gooden and me motorhome matt and that was matt taking a stroll one of a few strolls you'll be hearing in this podcast around caravan salon in dusseldorf you were talking there uh, about adria in particular and i suppose all mm. the companies don't they want to bring their best and brightest to this show because as you say it's one of the biggest in the world it is yeah it's where products get launched uh, usually ahead of us seeing them in the uk uh, and adria were no different they were launching their brand new adria twin which for Adria, a first, as I say, was built on the MAN chassis, which is a breakaway from their commitment to previous marks that they've been building on, particularly Fiat. Uh, so that was really interesting to see. And also some of the challenges that Adria were presented with as a result of building on this different type of van. So what was it about this new van that you saw that impressed you the most? Being on a different chassis to a Fiat, fundamentally, uh, that was the first thing. Of course, it's the same van as a VW Crafter, uh, but it's got MAN on the front. So, And it, I find it exciting that a brand like MAN are going into mainstream motorhomes, and we've never seen that before. They appeared on Knaus last year. I saw several in their range, but Adria, a far bigger brand, I would say, certainly in the UK, uh, and Knaus are growing fast and really innovative, but it was lovely to see a new uh, front radiator grille appearing in our motorhome sort of mix, if you like. Now, you very kindly invited me to the big show uh, last October at the NEC, and that was big enough for me. It was great meeting all of you, by the way, and thanks for coming up and saying hi. Hopefully, I'll be along this year as well if I get the invite and uh, uh, we can uh, say hi. But what was the feeling uh, compared to, say, the NEC of this show? Does it is it bigger? Is it brighter? Is there more money thrown at it? Is it is it more personal? Is it impersonal? That's a really good question. It's a much bigger show with a lot more space than we're afforded in the 
the UK. And I think that's largely due to the venue. The venue is massive. The halls are huge. And what was interesting for me as someone with an event and exhibition background is how much space was just left empty on the exhibitor stands. There was one brand in particular dedicated a whole section of a stand just to clothing, a big lovely display of all their branded clothing and then a huge amount of space and just some pretty lighting around it. Uh, And it was lovely to be able to walk around and feel you had space. It was a very, very busy show, very easy to get in and out of. I have to say the website before we went was phenomenal. The ability to plan your trip, very German, lots of Really good, brilliant technology online before we went. Uh, So a very, very easy and accessible show to get into. I'd say the general consensus was pretty upbeat. Possibly a younger generation than we might have seen in the past, but that's nothing new, you know, to, to see nowadays. But it was it was a very upbeat show. I'd say there was certainly a lot of wide eyed and wide mouthed people walking around. And what about the miles you did walking around, taking a look at the the show? If people do think about going for next year. One day enough or more? No, definitely not. No, we were there for two and okay, we were working, capturing some content. We could have done a third day, I think. There are hundreds of exhibitors, literally hundreds. We earmarked 82 that we wanted to go and talk to. Uh, and we thought there's no way we're going to manage that. Only 82. Only 82. Yeah, only 82. We didn't manage 82. We did have some really, really good conversations. You'll hear about those in the future. Uh, but we certainly spoke to 30 or 40 people, uh, which was brilliant. So, yeah, it's a big show. Comfortable shoes. Definitely comfortable shoes. All the salesmen, they all got the same memo in white trainers. Quite funny. <laughs> Deathlefts have brought the widest range of panel van conversions I've ever seen from them uh, to the show. They've even launched one uh, here on a VW chassis too. The Alpa is here as well, one of my favourite layouts in any Deathleft, apparently designed for a Formula One driver who wanted single beds above the cab, a new model here from them this year too. But something rather quirky from Deathleft this year has to be the Yoka Go, with its double opening side doors and big rear opening rear end. One of the most interesting rear ends I saw had to be on the back of a Chausson. These LED lights certainly look rather expensive if you reverse this into a fence post. It's great to see Euromobile here at the show as well, a brand, of course, that's been around in the UK for many, many years. In fact, earlier this week, the morning I came to the show, I was driving a 20-year-old Euromobile for its MOT. We're here on the Ford stand looking at the well-publicised launch of the Ford Nugget. This is Ford's entry into the campervan conversion market. They've worked in partnership with Westphalia to achieve this. has a pop roof, which interestingly opens the non-traditional way and a fixed solar panel on the top as well uh, i have to say it's pretty cool inside it was interesting to see how many ford badges featuring at the show on a range of manufacturers across the halls there were ford badges in every corner it seemed conspicuous by their absence were the british manufacturers in fact we saw one just the fifth wheel company from south wales with a stand it's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with leisureshop.com with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. You heard Matt walking around there at Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf. Not many British exhibitors, Matt. That's a real big surprise to me. No, and it's just exporting is not something we're really doing, it would seem. There were very few. In fact, there were only really one manufacturer there. 
Uh, the Fifth Wheel Company from South Wales with their Fifth Wheel, which of course the caravan with a hitch. Great to see them there. Quite a lot of British people there, people from British companies representing the European marks that they uh, import to the UK. And they're going out there to meet people like us that were going out there for meetings. But no, British export, not a big thing at Caravan Salon at all. So enough about the vehicles, now we're on to the real nerdy stuff, the techie stuff, my favourite bit, I'll be honest. Uh, this is the Webasto stand, and on the end of it is a real bit of future gazing. This is something they're doing now, but they reckon 10 years away before we get this in motorhomes. This is a full EV battery and living area kind of control system. Webasto, known for their diesel heaters, have created an EV battery solution that will run the powertrain and run a heat pump that will manage the battery and then manage and heat your living area. So you're running everything on your electric battery, which Webasto supply. They supply the heater system, which is tiny, and the battery management system, which is also tiny, and a heat pump that pumps it all around. Heats and cools the batteries, keeping them under a, a good operating temperature, and will heat and cool your living area as well, all from one set of kit. This is clever. But of course, electric heating from an EV battery is years away particularly in the motorhome world as we know Webasto of course known for fossil fuel heating and have come up with a very innovative solution for EV cars now if you run heating in your car on your EV battery you're going to reduce the range by probably 80 miles uh, on a charge Webasto offer a diesel solution which includes the filler cap the filler neck the tank for the diesel and a diesel powered heater that can be retrofitted to your EV car or your EV van. Uh, this is a product that is available to buy now. Now they've already collaborated with Mercedes, Opel, Vauxhall, Peugeot, Citroën, Toyota, Fiat, VW and Ford and loads of the cars and vans in those marks can have this system fitted. The system can be deployed into each vehicle with instructions uh, and it's a really innovative solution as we take that stepping stone toward pure EV. But stay tuned and find out more in a future episode because we're going to do a deep dive on this. I think this is a fascinating product that's going to be truly relevant to the motorhome world going into the next decade. It was great to see Nomadic as well. The founders were on their stand. A barbecue that we love and we think is really innovative. We sell it at that leisure shop. Toilets are always a popular topic here on the podcast. And this year at the show was no difference. We saw an array of separation toilets making an appearance. I think separation toilets are something we're going to see a lot more of in the motorhome and caravan industry. If you're not sure what one is, stay tuned because we will be taking a deep dive into separation toilets in the future. Mm. <laughs> uh, indeed, uh, indeed. <laughs> so you've been keeping an eye on rear ends and you've been talking about <laughs> toilets again. Just explain to people who aren't in the know what a separation toilet is. Okay, so it separates your poo from your wee as you deposit it into the bowl. Uh, and that means you get no smell and you can deal with them very differently and very separately to the way we're used to dealing with them nowadays. So toilets even at this uh, huge show, uh, if you uh, forgive the phrase up the front, 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Front of mind. Yeah, just uh, uh, something that occurred to me about the Formula One driver there. I think it was Deathlef, wasn't it, you were talking it about? It was a Deathlef yeah. Alper, yeah. yeah. Formula One drivers aren't noted for their height or their weight, so uh, make sure you measure the bed if you buy one of them. The bed's big, and what's lovely about the Alper is a huge rear lounge, which, when it was launched at the time, was a really unusual layout in a European motorhome, because the Europeans would look at that layout and go, why on earth do you want a big seating area in the motorhome? Go and sit outside where the sun's out. Well, in the UK... <laughs> That's not always the case, is it? Um, it certainly is today as we record this, but it was a very, very novel layout at the time, and, and it's a great motel. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with leisureshop.com with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. I ask the silly questions and he is the expert. And this week, Matt's been to Dusseldorf to Caravan Salon. I'm delighted to be joined by the very well-known Alan Heath. Very glad to be here. Very glad to see you here. Just tell us a little bit about Park for Night. What is it? Right, so there's an application which is available on the App Store. It's free of charge. It's a community of people. If they find a nice place to stay, they can put it in and they can share it with others. Alan, the, the app is free. There's a paid version as well, though, isn't it? 10 euros a year, is yeah. that what it is? For 10 euros a year, yeah. So this is for the more hardcore people who want to see things offline. One of the problems, OK, from, from the United Kingdom, uh, now coming into the European Union, there you've got to pay for the uh, internet. And so for pay things offline has a huge benefit. So, I mean, there's other benefits as well, but the uh, other things, but that, above all, I think having an offline offline version is really a useful feature and this is the way it works isn't it is that the users of it add the locations to the database that's correct yes yeah. it's a very very growing app and it's park number four at night where do people get it on the app store uh, it can be downloaded um, if you just write park four night on on the uh, google it'll it'll turn up where you can get it from volkswagen are here with an id buzz that has been converted to a camper van Although small, they're also here with a California concept, which is a fascinating a new twist on the California. Uh, it features four seats. The seats in the back are single seats that can be removed individually, uh, make single beds. The hob is induction and gas, uh, and it has two sliding doors on the back, so quite different to the established California. The one here is a hybrid, petrol and electric. It's also going to be available to buy next year as hybrid diesel or petrol so this is an early view of the future california but it's going to be available to buy next year it's the motorhome matt podcast with me keith gordon and with matt sims brought to you with at leisureshop.com let's talk about self-sufficiency apparently it was a big thing at caravan salon this year yeah it was the number of vehicles that enabled you to be completely connected off-grid and self-sufficient was overwhelming these massive adventure vehicles huge tires air suspension that were lifting them off the ground you know the amount of tools strapped to the outside of them and some of them look like tanks uh, and there's a real trend and boom in this market, at this end of the market. And, and as I said at the beginning of the episode, years ago when I was first there, uh, there was a real trend for comfort, uh, electric drop-down beds and comfort on the move. And now it seems very much about cooking outside, embracing nature and getting off the grid, as it were, and getting off the beaten track in something with ridiculously huge tyres. <laughs> 
But you say that, but in this country, more and more, we're being restricted, aren't we? Uh, Where we can park, where we can stay, how much it costs uh, to do that. It's not been easy for motorhomers and caravanners as we've come out of the pandemic. There seems to be more and more rules, not just from councils, but from people with private land, as we've discussed in the past. Uh, So how can the big show in the world, one of the biggest shows in the world, be talking about more self-sufficiency, whereas in this country, it seems to be going the opposite way? Well, I think what will be interesting to observe is a bit like the Range Rover, that ideal car for going off-road and in reality it's mum's driving down the curb you know that's it the Chelsea tractor is that what's happening with motorhomes are we going to see these vehicles which are really kitted out for driving through a river on the campsite next to a a regular caravan is that what's going to happen I mean I made the comment about the Hymer the amazing Venture S and the new MLT, I mean, a quarter million euros, it's an awful lot of money. Are the people that are going to buy that, are they genuinely going to go off-grid? Are they going to go really wild with their driving and camping? Or are they going to go to a traditional campsite and just look cool? <laughs> or out of place even. Well, because that's what it's about. I suppose on the continent it's different, isn't it? Because in the Schengen zone you can just cross borders, there's plenty to see, plenty to do, whereas we're restricted to this little old country, well, three countries, Two countries and a principality. Uh, but let's <laughs> yeah, get it right, Keith. Uh, so I suppose habits are going to change. Does that mean that something like Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf won't be as relevant to us in the future? No, definitely not. No, I think what's interesting is we're seeing more and more content online where people are taking a British vehicle into places like the Sahara. So Bailey did it spectacularly. Uh, and we're seeing YouTubers do the same going on holiday to Morocco. We wouldn't have done that years ago. You know, and, and these places are becoming A, accessible uh, by virtue of the fact there's you know, the 90-day restriction to go on holiday in the Schengen zone. Uh, and actually, we're looking elsewhere for where we can go. And a vehicle like that means that those places become accessible. If you've got you know, the big tyres and the right suspension, you can kind of go anywhere. And what's wrong with going into the Sahara Desert? The team's been at Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf walking around for you to save your shoe leather. So just before we head home in the rain, as you might be able to hear, one thing that has been very interesting is the lack of EV innovation here at the show. In fact, the only electric motorhome we saw was the ID Buzz and a motorhome from Iridium. I think we saw more EV product at the February show at the NEC in Birmingham, UK, than we've seen here in Dusseldorf. And I do wonder whether the bigger manufacturers are just holding back and waiting to see what happens with that transition as it evolves over the next five or ten years. And I think it will be the smaller companies that drive the innovation and the change and the move toward a carbon net zero world of leisure vehicles. But let's see. That said, it was great to see some serious innovation from big brands like Webasto, but I think most other larger manufacturers are still holding back and letting the smaller innovators and entrepreneurial businesses take the risk and create new products so that they can be tested and then the big manufacturers can step in and make that change. Thankfully, we are an industry that has plenty of room for innovators and entrepreneurial thinking uh, and we need them. And that is why we need shows like Caravan Salon. It gives a showcase and a stage for these new innovators and new products. I love the extremes of our industry as well. These huge adventurous vehicles and these massive palaces on wheels. And yes, they are extremes, but in reality they will filter down into a product somewhere in the middle that perhaps you and I might purchase. 
the next opportunity to see all these innovations and many of these wonderful vehicles is going to be the Motorhome Caravan Show at the NEC in Birmingham in October. I will see you there. So that's Matter Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf. You say we're going to uh, see them there, Matt. How can people get tickets? Uh, yeah, you can do that by going to mcshow.co.uk. Uh, again, enter the discount code MMATT. That's M-M-A-T-T. And get a discount on your tickets for the show. Fantastic. Can you just repeat that again for people who are hard of hearing or just rush to get a pen? <laughs> you head to mcshow.co.uk and enter the code MMAT for a discount on your ticket. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com with me, Keith Gooden. And me, Motorhome Matt. It's that time where you ask the questions and Matt, he answers them. And I don't think there's been one you, you haven't been able to answer in the history, in the 96 episodes. That I've we've answered done. them all. Whether the answers were right remains <laughs> to be seen. Simon got in touch with us. Hi, Matt. Uh, you mentioned the Criticus for France. Just wondered, do they definitely have to be on the rear of the vehicle, as in next to the number plate, maybe? I thought they had to go in the front windscreen in the corner. But uh, can you confirm, please? Thank you. That's Simon. He's wondering about his Critère. It sort of broke up there when he was talking about it. That's the emission sticker you need to drive in France. Am I right? Yeah, you are right. And Simon, you did hear me get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> what? We pushed out, I think it was a YouTube video uh, where I said uh, you put your critter sticker on your rear bumper you absolutely don't I'm afraid if you do that you will get 135 euro fine the French are really strict it goes in the bottom right corner of your windscreen I am a muppet I got it wrong is that the bottom right as you look at it from the outside or from well when you're inside the car <laughs> there's a good point so as I understand it it's the bottom right corner as you sit in the cab so in basically in front of the driver if you're in a right hand drive vehicle did I tell you I was in France uh, just a few months ago, by the way, and, and, and looking around and searching for these things, I had my Critère sticker to drive in Rouen, and I made a point of looking around for where the French put theirs, you know, so I was doing it right, and there were so many without them. I can say, did you see any? A couple. A couple. <laughs> and I was thinking, do, do you have to do Is it just for, for tourists? Is it just for, for Brits and for people from other countries who aren't in the Schengen zone? Or do, do the, all the French have to do it as well? As, as I understand it, everyone should be doing it. But it's, it's an odd one. Us Brits love to comply. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the, uh, the alcohol breath tester. Yeah, the French introduced it. We then went, OK, well, we'll do that then. The French promptly ignored it. And we went, OK, well, we'll still carry on with it. And the French abolished them. And we still want to buy them and take them to France. You don't need one. The French have said, no, no, it's OK. You know, you don't bother. So maybe they're doing the same with the Critère. What did they say? No, no, don't ah, bother. Ah, Zutalo. <laughs> Gareth Davis is in Solihull. Thanks very much for your question, Gareth. I ordered a panel van conversion from a main manufacturer and dealer at the October NEC show last year. It's on the production line now and due for delivery in a month, maybe less. Should I insure it for the order price or new market value? We talked about this in a previous podcast, didn't we? Great show. Thank you both. Brilliant. Well, Gareth, given that the prices have probably gone up, I would be insuring it for the new market value because if you've got a new for old policy, that's what you want paid out. So uh, you might need to evidence that and the insurer may ask you to do that. But you can do that very easily by just getting a, a print off or a screenshot of one that's for sale that's the same as, as yours now. Um, if prices have dropped then you might want to consider insuring it for the purchase value. So you know, that's one for you to consider. And of course, you can evidence that with your invoice.
We've got a long one here, Matt. I suggest we share it. Hi, Matt. I wanted to pass on some information that some of your listeners might be interested in. That comes from Alan Murray in Bath. We have a converted uh, long wheelbase VW Crafter, which they call Stan, uh, and are planning to live in the van for one to two years. After putting in most but not all of the things we wanted to travel with, our weight had jumped up to 3,540 kilograms, mm. already overweight. Oops. Well, after a lot of research i found vanweightengineering.com and d and claire proved to be fantastic yep they are due to the vehicle and wheels and tires i had fitted to my van all that was required was some engineering calculations by a qualified person and the correct application to the dvla the result was a very smooth and trouble-free process with everything provided by d to complete the uprating of my van to a gross laden weight of 4200 kilograms it goes on to say, Alan in Bath, that I now have the weight allowance to take my wife with me on my travels. You're going to get into trouble for that one, uh, Alan. This whole topic is such a concern for lots of motorhomers, especially those driving around with illegal weight vehicles that could very easily be made legal for a very small cost. Keep up the good work and all the very best, says Alan Murray in Bath. So there we are. Big shout to vanweightengineering.com. Uh, we've talked about SVTech in the past, but they are an alternative as well, and they are just as helpful. So thank you for that, Alan. Lots of podcasts in our library of 96. This is the 96th podcast about a home map. We're nearly podcast. at the big 100. We're nearly at the big 100. <laughs> uh, and we've done podcasts about this in the past. Just search them out. They're easy to find. Now, Matt, we've been to Dusseldorf. We've been here, there and everywhere with a Q&A. Uh, we've been with the Labour Party on the road. How do people get in touch with us? Very easily. So we've got a new URL that make life simpler for me to read out, apparently. It is mhmp.info forward slash ask matt so that is mhmp.info forward slash ask matt do you see what we've done there with the motorhome map podcast that, that, that's very good i <laughs> thought it stood for many happy motorhoming people <laughs> it can stand for that if you <laughs> want it to it is mhmp.info forward slash ask matt if you've got a question or a comment you'd like to submit to the podcast that is where you go you can record your question hit the orange button please tell us where you are we love getting the sound of your voice on the podcast it's always great when we receive them uh, normally Normally I try and reply to them as well uh, with a spoken answer and then you haven't got to wait for your answer to appear on the podcast. But we try and share the good ones so that everyone can benefit from your question because no doubt they might be asking it as well. And leave us a review again at mhmp.info forward slash review. You see what you've done there? <laughs> I see what you've MH done there. mhmp.info forward slash review. You did that right as well. Very good. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.